the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Hi, I'm Rob Black. Good day. I'm your financial expert guiding you towards retirement or something like that. Maybe poverty. Rob Black caused millions of people to save accounts, think about retirement, get on the same page, and then everything went to heck in a handbasket. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money invested in more. Um, one of the things, you know, we should talk about probably on a regular basis is areas of mistakes that you make. Because I think if you cut down on the mistakes and you just ride the system, like, I don't know if I had the best funds last year, but I don't think I made any big mistakes in my mutual funds and ETFs in my uh, 401k. Uh, does that mean I maximize my money? I beat the market so far this year. Did I do the best, best, best? Well, I look at my choice of funds, and at the end of the year, I say, oh, who knew that one was going to do so great? Um, it's tough. It's tough not to play that kind of game in your head, right? Um, so be cautious. So in your 401k, there's different funds, and I think the best thing to do is to start with some sort of Equibalance idea. I know you're saying, what's the word equibalance mean? I've never heard that. Work with me on this, okay? Um, you want some small cap, some mid cap, some large cap, some international, and some income. And you equibalance by starting with 20% of each of those. Or you can go for a lifetime fund. Or you can go for a lifestyle fund. If you were to say, oh, look, there's an S&P 500 fund, that could be 20% of your large cap. For me, it's a large cap weighted fund. Now, again, this isn't science, so this isn't how you go, I'm going to get the pen out and write it in ink. And then you'll see something like uh, a Russell 2000 small cap fund, and you're like, hey, well, there's 20% there. 
I got I, I got 40% of this. Um, look, there's an international fund or an emerging markets fund, uh, but it's really volatile. So instead of 20%, I'm just to do 10%, and that gives me an extra 10% when I'm all said and done. Or I like volatility because you know when you take a look at these markets, they're not as well developed the emerging markets. So if they catch up to our quality of living, our standard of living, which they won't in your lifetime, you know, there's no way Haiti's going to become New York City in your lifetime. Um, but it's going to probably get a lot closer to that than New York City gets going to turn into a utopia in your lifetime. And by utopia, I mean like no crime, no divorce, everyone has a job, everyone's happy, singing songs from Alphaville. You can hold your car for an afternoon in Utopia. Um, so that's how you start. And again, income, I like REIT, publicly traded REIT funds. That's fine for income. Or you can go with a dividend achievers. Your 401k probably has those choices. Maybe you go 10% REIT fund, 10% dividend achievers. Now, the dividend achievers is going to get you a little bit of copycat with large caps. So suddenly you have almost 30% large cap. But you can also find like a small cap dividend. But small cap companies should be growing and not paying dividends. But some small cap companies, they are what they are. They're not, they're not trying to grow. So this isn't science. You don't write it in pen. You use pencil for the first couple tries. If you do that and send me an email, I'll do my best. But, you know, it's only a second opinion until you hire someone. So you know that. So some things to do before you retire. And I'm starting to think about retirement. I'm still too young. But I'm closer to retirement than I am to college. And, you know, I think 40 is the halfway mark. So you know I'm over 40, right? So if Horizon's on... if Retirement is on the horizon, and you don't want it to end up like Deepwater Horizon. They all die. Actually, I don't know. I didn't see the movie, but they didn't all die. It was the BP oil spell, so we know some people left. But I don't even want to see that. Who wants to see an oil well get capped as a movie? I mean, does that sound like... That sounds worse than the, the pitch for Hogan's Heroes. You know, let's do a concentration camp, uh, and it'll be a comedy. Let's do... Uh, an action-adventure film where it's historically documented that it's an oil-capping thing when a disaster where it comes out and you know gushes and starts fires. Like, Little Hogan's Heroes themes. Probably the best theme song of all time for a TV show, in my opinion. Schultz. Schultz, you had the bumbling German guard. I see nothing! And you could pay him off with a strudel. Hey, instead of LeBeau going to the gas chamber today, how about a strudel? Mm, yes! I know, too soon to do gas chamber jokes? Probably, always too soon. But Hogan's Heroes was a comedy! Anyhow. Um, so decide how you're going to spend your time in retirement as that horizon gets closer and closer. What do you do the first six months, the first 12 months? Um, you know, does your wife crawl into bed with you and go, are our hearts connected? And you're like, geez, she's got bad breath. You may not want to spend a lot of time with her in retirement. Because she's thinking romance, and you're thinking, can we get those gums cleaned? Ah! Another thing you want to do while you approach retirement is determine realistically how much money you're going to spend each month. 
Um, it doesn't have to be set in stone or chiseled in stone. Uh, when I went to Europe, I mean, this was my my first real thing in college where I learned about a budget. Um, I had $4,000 or something like that that had to last uh, 100 days. So it was like $40 a day, right? That included train and food and hotel or hostel. So some nights when I would sleep on a train, I'd be like, ooh, sweet. I just saved $10 in lodging or $15 in lodging. So my next day was a $75, a $55 day kind of thing. And if I was able to eat free for whatever reason, visiting a friend or ramen noodles or, you know, one guy offered to let me eat his octopus off his clothesline, I was able like, so I got a budget. You have to have that in your life somehow, some way, some shape, some more. You need to anticipate the cost of your health care. Uh, you won't have your employer to do this for you anymore. It's on you in retirement. And you may not know what it looks like. Go talk to someone who's 65. Maybe it's your uncle. How much do you pay for Medicare? Medigap, private insurance? It's all up to you. You can shop it. Can you buy a hybrid long-term care insurance policy if you're over the age of 50? You might want to. Somewhere before you're 55, you want to buy long-term care if you have that kind of money. And to determine if you've got that kind of money, which is going to cover your budget, cover emergencies, cover any sort of inheritance and whatever you... And if you have all that covered... Then you could say, I want a long-term care plan or a hybrid one um, if you have longevity in your family. Um, you want to boost your cash reserves because retirement means you ain't working. You can't go back to work and make it back up. And you may not have the mental capacity or the physical capacity. So um, if you're going to refinance your mortgage, do it before you retire while you have a source of income. You may find that you're in a tricky position after your retire where you don't have that source of income. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter at Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So, in investing, I don't think you want to be right. I think you want to learn how to compare. And, you know, I've talked about how when things get bad and ugly, you gotta, you got to be willing to open that statement to see how bad and ugly it is. Um, that's one of the reasons sometimes you should buy companies that you feel comfortable are going to be around the day you die. There's a company out there called Tesla that I don't know if it's going to be around the day I die. I know it's very exciting. I know it's very cool. I know it's very chic. They've got a CEO who says things like, we have to get off the planet Earth, otherwise... 
we're all going to die. Because at some point in time, the sun consumes this planet, or our planet goes hurling into the sun, so I've been told. Uh, I'm not a scientist, so please don't quote me on that. Um, but Tesla, there's one analyst out there, a guy named Mark Faber, who's he writes a report called the Gloom, Boom, and Doom Report. He can be very bearish on a stock. And he said, what they produce could be produced by Mercedes, BMW, Toyota, Nissan. Anybody in the world can make it eventually at a much lower cost and probably much more efficiently. And the market for Toyota and these large automobile companies is simply not big enough. But the moment it becomes bigger, they'll turn on the switch and be competition to Tesla. I'm worried about Tesla's cash burn rate. And when you burn so much cash and you keep going back to shareholders and asking for more, you dilute them. So you should be able to have opinions both positive and negative. You already heard me say they're cool cars, right? I get the story of it, but the fundamentals I don't like. So the short term, it could be a play in any direction. In the long term, I, I think it's a problem. Let's bring on CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. Tackling some of the bigger financial planning concepts, let's talk a little bit on the 401k to an IRA, main reasons why you would roll over your 401k. I guess that's when you're leaving a company because we're rolling it over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've left a company or you've, you've retired. Let me let me get a couple of reasons out of the way on why you wouldn't do it. Okay. Because we can't just ignore those. There are certain times where you, know, you go to somebody that's trying to sell you something, they'll always tell you to roll it over. But look, if you retired early, and you're over 55, a lot of 401k plans allow you to take withdrawals before age 59 and a half, between age 55. So as long as you've separated from service and you're over at the age of 55 or over, you can take withdrawals from the plan without paying the 10% penalty. So early retirees may need to do some planning and leave some of the money in the 401k to access it penalty-free. Um, the other situation is if you're facing a legal issue, major lawsuit or something like that, you might be better served in the 401k. Other than that, a lot of people say, I'm just going to leave my 401k there because either I don't have time to deal with it or the investments are performing fine. Well, in a rising market where the S&P 500 is up double digits, everything's performing fine, right? Right. And you can always find those funds or even a cheaper version of those funds at a brokerage firm. You can open up an IRA at TD Ameritrade or Schwab and get the same funds there. Don't you bring in some potential risk of... Uh, you, now you've lost that professional guidance or now you've lost that professional structure and you have to recreate your own structure? Well, so, if you've – no, because typically nobody's moving the money for you. You still have to pick your own choices within those funds. And a lot of smaller employer plans have hidden fees that the employee doesn't see. They're supposed to disclose that now, but nobody reads it. So you might have what looks like a well-known no-load fund, but it's inside of an annuity contract with an extra 1% in annual fees. So get it, and it's so hard. When people end up with three or four different 401k plans and IRAs all over the place, they don't know what their overall asset allocation or performance is because it's everywhere. Consolidate it all into an IRA. You end up with better investment choices, lower fees. You can have the ability to convert to a Roth IRA if that's right in your financial plan where you pay the taxes now in exchange for a tax-free account for the rest of your life. Also, IRAs do have that kind of better emergency access, Rob, if, if, you know, people are laid off, for example. Sure. Um, if you're using the funds, there's certain rules that apply. So you got to look this up and deal with a tax advisor. But if you need to pull money out without 
for, to pay for things like health insurance costs or higher education costs, there's ways to do it without paying the 10% early withdrawal penalty on IRAs where there's not with the 401k plans. Uh, I've also seen people that retire and they have their 401ks, a couple different 401ks left at the places they used to work for. And I've seen those companies, they go through a takeover, a merger, or the plan is suspended because something's gone wrong in the plan. And all of a sudden, you know, they're taking withdrawals out of the IR, the 401k and they're having a call to do it. Yep. And all of a sudden they go through a 90 day blackout period where they can't do anything. And then what do you do? So easier access to retirement. A big one too for older people where they really need to get out of the 401k and into an IRA is that at age 70 and a half, you're forced to take money out of your retirement accounts, whether or not you want to. Now, if you had 20 different IRAs, you could calculate your annual required minimum distribution for all of them and take it out of just one account. If you have money in 401ks and 403bs, you have to satisfy each different account. And a lot of people have been getting a 50% penalty because they calculate their 401k into their IRA, calculate their minimum required distribution for their 401ks and IRAs together and just pull it out of the IRA. Yep. That's not satisfied. You just shot yourself in the foot, and you have a 50% penalty on what you're supposed to take out of the 401k. So get them rolled over. So there's a lot of reasons to consider rolling over a 401k to an IRA. We just went through many of them. Um, better investment choices, lower fees, ability to slowly convert to a Roth, a little emergency access in case you need it without that 10% penalty, and easier access at retirement. If you want to find out more about Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocus. Financial.com. I'm Rob Black. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Again, it's Chad Burton. You can find him at NewFocusFinancial.com. And from just talking with Chad and from an earlier segment, you know, I told you one of my friends, one of the families that I know kind of failed where the husband didn't earn income for six or so, seven years and lived on credit. The credit card is failing and there's some problems going on there kind of thing. Um, one of the mistakes they made was they did have savings from their 20s and 30s in 401ks. And they pulled from those, and you forget that you have that penalty tied towards the 401k, and it makes the problem even worse. When you're $150,000 in credit card debt, you're going to go bankrupt. There's no way around it, in my opinion. You should go bankrupt. Um, and I hate saying that because I, I think I'm conservative in my head where like, don't spend what you don't get, have, you know, um, bankruptcy is, is for losers on a lot of levels. I think that, and then I go, a lot of bankruptcies happen because of medical costs and that's not a loser. In this case, you know, the couple, you know, they beat the system, you know, they lived off car credit cards for way too long. Um, but they should go bankrupt and not take out of the 401k because now they're going to go bankrupt. And they're going to have nothing saved. And that only makes one problem into two problems. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
back now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, how are you? Hey, Rob. I'm doing okay, thanks. Doing well. Um, markets marching towards the elections. Anything going on there that we should be knowing about? Well, I think that you know the election is is clearly front and center for the market right now, and um, and there's been a new element of uncertainty introduced here, and you know. The, past few days uh, that just has kind of exacerbated the um, element of uncertainty that was already in existence before this whole uh, new FBI probe and Mrs. Clinton's emails came out. So, you know, it's a big issue. It's a big election. And I think the market is simply behaving in a manner that uh, indicates it's, it's you know, waiting to see what happens, you know, and there's not a lot of conviction in this market right now. And so, um, and so you sort of see this fidgety market um, with what I've, I've described as a slight downward bias because, you know, aside from the election, there are these background issues that include rising long-term interest rates, um, falling oil prices, um, kind of misgivings about central bank policy and the like. Um, and that's, you know, still still acting as a headwind there for the market, along with the strengthening dollar. So, will the market settle down? Do you think after a Republican or Democrat is elected? Uh, I think a lot's going to depend on uh, what what happens with the congressional vote as well. So, if if you get a sweep uh, for either party, uh, I don't think the market will settle down immediately. Um, you know, uh, so I think for the market to settle down here, you know, post-election, you're probably going to want to see that preferred outcome of, of really kind of a split uh, so that neither party has a real, has a true political mandate. Uh, and then, you know, then it will reorient itself based on the outcome of the election. Um, you know, I think a couple weeks ago, uh, the popular narrative was that the market was resigned to the idea that Mrs. Clinton would, would win hands down. And um, that may still be the case, but, you know, you've seen a tightening in the polls leading up to the election here, which is forcing the market to kind of rethink that um, that perspective and, and has to account for the possibility that it, that it could be wrong. And, you know, you see, I think, within the... CBOE volatility index, you've seen that, uh, you know, which that index pick up noticeably here, um, you know, since the beginning of October. And it does reflect this idea that, you know, the potential exists for some uh, real pickup in volatility here in the near term. And of course, you've got that huge catalyst for volatility just sitting out there on the horizon, and that being the presidential election. It's not to say that, you know, you'll get a major gyration. It's what the VIX is suggesting to us anyway is that simply participants are hedging for the possibility of, you know, there being downside risk here in the in the very near term. And and I think that their thought process in that respect is oriented around some potential surprises that could come out of the election. 
So, are you going to be taking your whole family to a Wrigleyville Chicago Cubs local bar and paying the national yeah, news headlines, yeah. <laughs> national news headlines of $1,200 to get into a bar? Right. It's kind of absurd. Uh, and I guess it's, you know, it's absurd in one level, but I guess it's capitalism at its finest at another level because it's about supply and demand. And, and uh, notwithstanding those uh, ridiculous cover charges, the bars are, are packed. <laughs> so I think one bar had a, a line on Friday uh, that started at 4 a.m. Uh, so that they could get in by 7 a.m., um, only to see the Cubs lose. But anyhow, that's bygones. <laughs> we'll see what happens tonight. What's fascinating about what you just said is I do the same thing that you just did, and I see everything in the world as not capitalism, but investments in dollars. And to me, the people that are in the bar spending $1,200 to get wings all night long and watch a game on television, they probably have the least amount saved for retirement because they <laughs> they they fall for this. They get caught right, up in well, sports. Well, it pales in comparison to the uh, to the ticket prices that people are paying to go to the to go to the game. Um, you know, that's a whole other that's in a whole other uh, dimension, really, in terms of what people are willing to pay up to uh, to attend a baseball game. So back to reality. Uh, enough baseball for now, but switching gears, the Federal Reserve they're on hold until after the election. Is the thought is the data telling us that they should be on hold, or is the data telling us they should act sooner than later? Well, you know, from our vantage point, you know, we think that the, the data itself uh, offers some some grounds to go ahead and raise the Fed funds rate. Um, you know, we just saw with Q3 GDP checking in at, you know, 2.9%. Um, you've got uh, the PCE price index pushing up, you know, from 1% to 1.2% year over year, but the core PCE price index is up 1.7%. So uh, that to us suggests that the data is, is in line with, you know, a rationalization to, to raise the Fed funds rate. However, um, because you do, as you mentioned, you know, the election is right in front of us here, uh, and given what has lately been thrown into the mix to kind of uh, get the market feeling a little antsy in front of that election, I think it would be a total, complete shock uh, if the Federal Reserve, um, you know, raised rates at uh, at you know, at this week's meeting. So they'll, they'll likely hold off, but, you know, but I suspect that there'll be some signaling in the directive that suggests that they're, you know, they do have a bias toward raising rates before the end of the year. How about the idea of, you and I talk about the Fed Reserve raising rates. What do you think it means to the market, or how do you think the market will handle it when it comes? Is it a positive? Is it a negative? Is it a little bit of both? Is it a jolt to the system? What do you see? Well, you know, I think uh, the one thing that the Fed has on its side right now, uh, I would say, is the fact that earnings uh, reports are coming in better than expected in the third quarter. So there's a some confidence brewing in the background that you've hit this inflection point with, you know, a pickup in earnings growth. Um, it's not the greatest, not the strongest of earnings growth, but you're not contracting anymore. So, um, so that's a positive factor. And then, you know, and then you do see uh, GDP growth. Um, you know, picking up a little bit. I mean, it's still nothing to write home about. You know, especially when you exclude the change in inventories out of that GDP report. But, um, but you don't have an economy that's you know uh, sitting there. I think you know, at, at, with no growth, and it, it just goes back to this notion that you know we've been harping on is that 
you know, things could be better, but they're not so bad that they require a Fed funds rate as close to the zero bound as, you know, we currently now see it. So if you can get this continued pickup in earnings growth accompanied by a stronger pickup in economic growth, the market should be, you know, be able to tolerate, uh, you know, an interest rate hike. And, um, you know, and, and so that, that those are key ingredients there. And, and we think that, uh, you know, might be at an inflection point in that respect. But uh, time will tell. Anything that you're working on, Mr. O'Hare, that you find important or newsworthy, noteworthy for us that we haven't gotten to that, you know, the typical things that we look under the rock for? Yeah, you know, I, um, I was starting to um, look a little bit further into, you know, signs of an inflation pickup. Um, you know, you've seen that, uh, you know, starting to appear really in, you know, uh, Forward break-even rates, the five-year, five-year forward break-even rate. So you've seen a, a, you know, you've seen that starting to trend higher, which is it's a reflection of the market's belief that uh, inflation is starting to pick up. Now, granted, it's it's not at an alarming level. It's just the fact that the trend is improving and improving noticeably. Um, you know, and you combine that with the prospect of seeing, you know, um, higher oil prices here in terms of the computation within the CPI index, um, you, know, you might start seeing some more uh, concerns percolate here about a pickup in inflation uh, that would also uh, play into the idea that the Fed would be justified into uh, raising rates at this point. Do you think when they do shift um, and move towards higher interest rates due to inflation is this going to be a trend or are they going to get stuck in that we can only move it once per year kind of a environment yeah well the fed I, you know i will say this they've been very very clear cut about this notion that any path to a rate hike will will proceed at a very gradual pace so mm-hmm. you know you might be in that position of where you you have a one and done type environment each year or or you're going to have a, a fed that you know will be reticent to i think um uh, initiate a number of rate hikes consecutively i think they're going to want to see how things play out after they do you know hike rates um so um you, so I don't I don't anticipate there being an expeditious jump in in the Fed funds rate. It should be more in line with what any number of Fed officials have been saying, and the fact that the path to normalization should be very gradual, and that uh, and that the slope should not be nearly as steep as it has been in the past. Interesting. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Have a good game tonight. Hopefully your Chicago Cubbies can extend it to Game 7 and get some drama going. With that said, uh, don't go to a bar and spend $1,200 for a cover charge. No I used to be offended by... <laughs> Thanks. I used to be offended by the $5 cover charges. Uh, 10 was out of my out of my mind. 1200 Not going to happen. Anyhow, anyway, that's Patrick Hare with Briefing.com, an excellent source of information. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. You can find them at Briefing.com. But if you close your eyes, does it almost feel like nothing changed at all?
Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Trying to get you to retirement. I have an event coming up in the middle of November, last live event of the year, and I decided to do two with CFP Chad Burton. We're going to do a morning event, which is going to be lunch, uh, free. Uh, pay the $5 to get in kind of thing. Uh, at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto, and it's all about retirement and income and retirement. You can sign up. That's going to run from about 11 to 1, and uh, pretty informal. It should be fun. It should be nice. You can sign up at robblackshow.com, and the evening is going to be 6.30 to 8.30. We're shortening the events, um, probably for our own mental health, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. And also, some people just don't want to be uh, approaching investments as you know hardcore business. So I don't want to turn you off in any way, shape, or form. So gasoline jumps the most in quite a while. Why? Um, <clears throat> there was an explosion in an Alabama pipeline. So features on gasoline soared on that news. So deli- December delivery gasoline rose as much as 15% to the highest level uh, for a four-month contract for a Ford-month-looking contract. And uh, so we're paying more at the pump. That's inflationary. I look at gasoline prices as a tax. When it drops, it feels like we get a tax rebate from the government. Woo, we got more money to spend. When it rises, it feels like we're being taxed. Home ownership in the United States crawled back from its 50-year low after falling to its lowest level in 50 years. Uh, home ownership's rate bounced ever so slightly higher. At 63.5%, it is still lower than the same time a year ago and significantly down from the high of 69.2% when the last housing boom hit. This is probably a good sign for home prices. Um, well, maybe not for home prices, but for home ownership and companies like Home Depot, as when people do buy homes, they tend to want to gussy them up. Auto sales in the United States slipped despite discounts. Um, the numbers were good. They weren't great. They weren't record-paced. They weren't anything to upset anyone. But they weren't also, like I said, a winner, winner, chicken dinner kind of feel to it. So um, we got that going for us, <laughs> which is nice. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Social Security is one of those things that a lot of people have just misunderstandings about. And if you're coming up on retirement or, and you know, I'll be honest with you, I've got four older brothers, of which um, three of them are, two of them are retired mid-age, and one of them's pretty darn close, which means I'm starting to get there, even though he's the youngest boy. So, how to qualify for Social Security? You must accumulate 40 Social Security credits. Uh, most Americans collect enough credits to qualify for Social Security over a 10-year career. A lot of people didn't know that. There are certain workers who don't pay into the Social Security system, and therefore won't qualify For instance, a lot of teachers, a lot of state and local employees don't pay into Social Security, and thus they won't get it. Um, The age to claim your Social Security benefits, do you know what it is? 
if you've accumulated enough to qualify for Social Security, then at 62, um, you can start collecting. Uh, and you have to start collecting before 70. The longer you wait, the more money you get. And it's a, every year it's healthier, healthy to wait. If you don't need that money, you're getting a nice um, raise for getting it the, the following year. Social Security pays out 100% of the benefit that you'll receive at your full retirement age. That age depends on which year you were born. So if you were born after 1960, your retirement age is 67. Uh, before 1960, your retirement age is 66. Um, so that's worthy of note. How much Social Security can you receive? Social Security is designed to replace roughly 40% of your pre-retirement income. The exact amount that you will receive in Social Security benefits is calculated using a pretty complex formula that adjusts your 35 highest income earning years to current dollars. In 2016, the average retired worker received about $1,341. Could you live off that? Keep in mind that's pre-tax. And one more thing to really note about Social Security is working. You can continue to work and collect Social Security. However, when you work, it can impact the size of your monthly Social Security statement. Uh, check that you get and the amount of your Social Security that's subject to income tax. So if you're in full retirement and you earn more than $15,720 a year, then your Social Security benefits reduce by $1 for every $2 earned over that amount. Um, so you have some things to think about. And you also have to know that Social Security is going to change. So I think that's the toughest thing for a lot of people over 65, uh, my mother included, that they don't realize that laws change. And they remember things the way they want to remember them. And that can be very um, problematic for you in my thought pattern. Um, The government is responsible for Americans who can't keep up with housing prices. So says the co-founder of Home Depot. I love when CEOs talk about what problems are, especially tied towards their their industry, because they're going to be as honest as they can. Housing in the United States is increasingly unaffordable for a lot of Americans. Um, If prices are high and demand is present, why is there a reduction in the number of homes being built? The answer is, according to Home Depot co-founder, is burdensome regulations. It's tough to get a home built. The average cost of building a single-family home, $348,000. Almost $85,000 of that go to government regulations. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.